I'm late. No, you got here right on time. No, I'm late. It's the late show. Sorry, I'm late. You're too late. <laughs> the wizard is never late. Can I help you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna see the show. But not to come late. You are late. You're late, man. Always late, huh? The hour grows late. But is he already too late to save his friends? You're late. You're too late! And I'm like, dude. Fine. Call it that. I would say yes, it lives up to the hype. <laughs> what little hype I had for it. It was pretty damn good. And recording. Alright, awesome. This is Late to the Show podcast with John and Jake. Where now, we... with <laughs> now with Instagram. Now with Instagram. You knew us on Twitter, but now we have Instagram. And then also different whatever, handle on that. <laughs> whatever. Oh, what's our handle on Instagram? Uh, it. Oh, this is a good let time me, to plug that. Yeah. Let, let me. Damn it! I should have had this prepared before putting myself on the spot like that. <laughs> do, do 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 do. This one's mine. Uh, you can just search late to the show, but it looks like all one word, like all one word lowercase late to the podcast. That is late to the word. The podcast. Two is in T-O. T-O. Late T-O, the podcast. Correct. There are three words all (laughs) that are all two. Uh, But yeah, so late to the podcast, all one word, on Instagram. I wonder if anyone, instead of... uh, Because you know how people use the number two to represent the word two? Yeah. What if to represent the word two, they just spelled out the number two? (laughs) I mean... Is that a little too meta? I think that's... I think... (laughs) Most people won't get that, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but you should have let me know beforehand. That would have done it. <laughs> we could have been the pioneers I'm, of this. Fuck it. Cut all this out. We're going to create a new one. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Late to the Show podcast. Last week, well, okay. Last episode we recorded. Which, okay, to be fair, we're, we've gotten a little better about being on schedule for recording. Yeah. And and this was the holidays. Uh, but uh, the last one we recorded was um, Pokemon, the first movie. Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yes, and at the end of that one, we promised you find folks Mortal Kombat. And we were going... I Well, okay. John was a good boy and watched it last week. Uh, last week, as in, like, Saturday, just before we record, Like, three days, basically. Four, well, no, fuck, this is a Wednesday. Five days before we record. So, getting close to a week, I guess. Yeah. And then I was going to watch it the day we recorded. However, three days prior on Monday, Netflix decided to take Mortal Kombat off the fucking queue. So, uh, we're doing a different movie. We're doing a documentary, our first documentary. Both, well, first, our first documentary, and let's be honest, one that probably all the fine folks at home, or most of them, are late to the show on as well. Exactly. Just even the event itself. A lot of people probably don't know this. Yes. Uh, so we're doing the movie The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? Uh, you explain. could break that up any way you want to. Um, so the movie is a documentary about a Superman movie that was never made. I don't know how many of you have seen the uh, picture of Nick Cage with long hair and a purple Superman suit with a metallic S on his chest that's all zigzaggy. That's the movie. That Superman movie. It's Nick Cage Superman. Directed by Tim Burton. I think those <laughs> yeah. I think both of those I always forget of about the Tim Burton part. I think Superman, Nick Cage, Tim Burton, I think all three are such important pieces of information to this story. <laughs> the movie is just talking about uh all the events that were building up to this movie getting made and then all the pieces of it falling apart towards the end of it. Um it the movie had three writers, three scripts. Yep. Uh, one shit fucking producer. <laughs> who I blame for us not getting this, what would have been Tim Burton's magnum opus, I believe. <laughs> Above Nightmare Before Christmas. We need to watch that for this. I haven't seen it since I was younger, and I just didn't care for it when I was younger. Yeah, me neither. If we're I being watched a... it to look cool for a girl, so. Well, there you go, man. If that was, how'd that pan out? It didn't work out. All right. <laughs> We'll bring that back up again when we talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, God, I'm so lonely. <laughs> Please call me. You know who you are. <laughs> and Kate comes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But that's for another podcast. That, that's a different podcast. If we're being honest, too, Tim Burton's Magnum Opus is probably Beetlejuice, but... Right. Which they I do actually need to talk see. about that in this also. They do. Because uh, that's the script that was offered to Kevin Smith before the Superman one was. Oh, yeah, they were like... Beetlejuice goes, goes Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which will never happen. That was another Tim Burton project. We need an episode dedicated to failed Tim Burton projects. Does that include one he's made and just bombed? <laughs> or is it just ones he never got around to finishing? So, what? Like, his recent shit? Uh, yeah, what was that? Um, Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp as the vampire. Yeah. Apparently Alice in Wonderland, you know, I see hear people go both ways, but Alice Through the Looking Glass will definitely throw in there. Really? Kate liked it. Yeah, I've seen neither of them, so. I saw the, um, the first one he did. No, it wasn't I- bad. I'm just going on what I've heard from people. Yeah, I heard in Wonderland, not too bad. Hmm. But anyway, so Alan Rickman as the caterpillar, no, just so you know. Yeah, and fucking Christopher <clears throat> Lee is the Jabberwocky. So oh, rip, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, but this isn't about Jabberwockies and Alan Rickman. So okay, so what are our talking points again? Let's yeah. do we have those pulled up? And this is also kind of weird because. You know what? As much as we like to call this podcast late to the podcast, where it's about movies neither of us have seen, that's the wrong document, <laughs> pretty much all of them have been movies we have seen. At least one of us has seen. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had not seen this one beforehand, but again, that was kind of part of the point. Was I mean, we've both seen Mortal Kombat, and we're going to get around to that eventually, so... This movie did, however, come out in 2015. Uh, it's relatively new. Yeah, who's the director? Jonathan Schnapp. Thank you. Um, Who also... Is dead. Uh, rip. Rip. <laughs> um, I did not know much about him until a bunch of people I follow on Twitter were like posting about like the GoFundMe and all that stuff for uh, to help deal with his medical expenses to, see, uh, to try and save him and then his unfortunate passing. But I had not really heard or seen or interacted with anything that he had done until he died. And then I saw this documentary, and I'm like, wait, that's that guy that everybody on Twitter really likes that passed away. Um, So this is... I had no preconception about anything with Jonathan Schnapp going into it, so... Hmm. Well, I definitely didn't. I I didn't even know he was sick and or dead. Uh, I heard about this movie just because I think Stars had bought it, and then they started playing it on, or Stars Showtime, one of those fucking things. Yeah, they bought it, and then they started uh, playing it on Directv, and uh, so I just recorded it, and it actually sat in my queue for like probably six months <laughs> until I got home from work at like five in the morning one day. I was like, well, whatever, I'll see what this is. Yeah, and it was just a fucking dope documentary. I was yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> Well, and let's be honest. That's how you find your, and that's how you always find your the best shit is when you're just like you're bored out of your goddamn mind. You're like, this. I think it's because your mind is most open to whatever can entertain you. That's true. <laughs> that that seems very likely. But also the thing with this movie, with as goofy as uh, the premise of it sounds, um, the movie starts to make sense towards the end of the documentary. The, it does. The pitch for this Superman movie starts to make sense towards the end of the documentary. Yeah. And you are really bummed out that you don't get to see it. Yeah. Like anything of it. Because they didn't record anything. There's just some test footage, whatever. But that's and, the and, shit everyone saw. Yeah, and some like yeah production stills. Not even production stills. Like test stills. You know what it's like? It's like uh, how everyone felt after the Deadpool test footage came out yeah and then deadpool was just on the shelf for another five or six years afterwards no no no, no. the the deadpool test footage that was the highway scene yeah no that was like two years before they finally was like, it I, only two it was not that long i thought it was a while it was a pretty quick turnaround was it oh, okay yeah. good job ryan reynolds on liking that <laughs> but well okay but it's like that it's yeah. like if it never came out then how about yeah, and all we have is this test footage and what could have been yeah, watching this documentary, you know, again, I, I think most people would go into it with the notions like, this is going to be ridiculous. I want to hear the ridiculous nonsense that why did anybody ever think this would be a good idea? But then you hear the people talk about it. You see the test footage of Nick Cage and the costumes and stuff. And you're like, okay, no, I can see where they're going for, for with this. And like, it's, it's fascinating. And like, actually really, really interesting what we could have had if it actually got made. Yeah, well, what got me was all the um, concept art. I thought yeah. all the concept art looked fucking cool. Absolutely. 
But you know what? Part of me is kind of glad they did it, didn't do it, because I don't think they could have lived up to some of that concept art in the '90s with the technology they had then. That's true. But to be fair, in the '90s with the techno- with going back to with the technology they had then, and even gets mentioned in the movie, the internet as it is today was not really a thing. So nobody would ever seen that concept foot art. Nobody would ever. No, seen I it. just mean. I'm saying this with. Uh, benefit of hindsight yes that it wouldn't have ended up looking cool like it still would have looked weird i don't know again they had like they had the suits made and everything and like yeah the the one picture it looks ridiculous but like you see nick cage moving around in the costumes and like it all it all makes sense and like seeing all that stuff makes sense. I'm talking more about like the CGI and stuff. Let's talk about Wild Wild West for a minute and that giant spider. It looks pretty silly cuz it it's done in the 90s. That's and true. also done by the same guy, the producer we're same talking producer, about. Same uh, producer. John Peters. <laughs> what <laughs> a character. That's what I'm saying. Like it wouldn't hold up at all because it would but it would suffer from not having the technology to make it look as good as some of these ideas are. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, <laughs> what, what's our first talking point? It's about like the hype for it or something like that. Uh, so, I mean, why didn't we see it? I mean, that t- kind of isn't super big. This movie only came out in 2015. But yeah. uh, I mean, how about this? When did you first see that picture of Nicolas Cage in the Superman outfit? Who first? Uh, oh, I saw it on the introduced internet. that to you. The internet. Internet. At some point, somebody's like, "Hey, there was a Nick Cage, Tim Burton Superman movie," and like, man, I don't really remember when I first saw it, but I was aware of it and remember thinking, "It's like, wow, that was fucking stupid." Uh, Nick, our uh, guest who would be late today, um, he's very late to the show today. <laughs> yeah, he is late to the show. How about that? So He'll it, be joining us for a special segment that we'll be airing in our Mortal Kombat <laughs> podcast when we get around to it. Um, but he was the one who first told me about that Nick Cage was going to be Superman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was like 2010. We were in sophomores, I think. And he showed me the picture, that Nick Cage picture. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. I'm like, man, <laughs> that, that looks horrible. <laughs> and also, to be fair to that one image... Mm-hmm. There was different versions of the Superman suit and different yeah. hairstyles that Nick Cage wore. So yep. that wasn't the only one they were going to go with. That just happens to be the one that leaked out and got the biggest. That's true. And as they've pointed out in the documentary, like you can see like there's footage, there's actual footage while they were also taking those stills. And like the one that got leaked is the one where he blinks halfway through the picture. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like he's just bored and uh, like... It looks like he's on pills, is what it looks like. Yeah, that's that, that too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, if you, you you see the footage, Nick Cage is way into it. Nick Cage is all about doing this. Yeah, he's even, like, doing monologues from the movie during the test footage, too. Yeah. Like, while people are, like, adjusting his suit, he's doing monologues. Yeah, he's he is about this. Um, what do we think now? I mean, uh, I mean well... So, okay, another point. We saw that picture, and at first it looks ridiculous and sounds ridiculous, but having seen this documentary, I'm bummed we don't get to see the movie. Yeah. Which we've said, here. but... Well, yeah, and again, like, the the image doesn't do... The still image of Nick Cage in that costume doesn't do it justice. You see him moving around, and yeah, it still has that same kind of issue that, like, the Tim Burton's Batman had, where it's that very stiff, rubbery suit, but it's a little more flexible, because uh, it's not, you know, restricting his neck... Um, well, also in their movie idea, he wasn't even going to get the suit until the very end of the movie. Well, it seemed like he was going to have a suit that changed with him. But it wasn't something that he got until like maybe the second act, I don't think. Well, that may be. Because let's not for forget. The, he was going to like not know he was a Superman until he was an adult. True. And also, let's not forget, going back to the producer who, again, I think is who ruined this movie. According to Kevin Smith... He was given three rules for this for the script he was writing. Rule one, no flying. He didn't want to see Superman fly. Rule two, uh, uh, he didn't want Superman to wear the suit uh, using an expletive that Kevin Smith repeated, but I will not hear. Uh, it's too faggy is what the producer said. Thank you. Uh, again, as, as Kevin Smith said, his words. Um, and the producer, of course, denied both of those two rules. And then there's the great, like... Just peace to resistance rule. Number three, 
He wanted Sp- Superman to fight a giant spider. In the third act. In the third act. <coughs> a Thanagarian snare beast. Which then eventually, it seems like, changed to be Brainiac. Was going to be like, Brainiac was the spider that he fights right. later. Which is funny because a Thanagarian is like the Hawkman people, I believe. Yeah, that's... That's yeah, their planet, right? I, I couldn't remember where what he said it was, but yeah, I think Hawkman was... Uh, that was that. <coughs> and I agree with Kevin Smith. Snare Beast is a int- really interesting way of describing spider. Right, well, I mean, it was what... Uh, Warner Brothers didn't want them to call it a spider, so he's like, just yeah. come up with any name you can. Just yeah. don't call it a spider. And Kevin Smith being the colossal nerd. <laughs> and also kind of giving like a tip to fans of comic books anyway. Yeah. Just well, yeah. throw some other alien well, name and, on it. <laughs> well, and then it very, 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 very loosely opens up the possibility of like, hey, maybe Tim Burton will do Hawkman later. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkman comes in the next Superman movie. Yeah. Um, of course, my actually my favorite bit about the spider was, uh, as we were talking earlier about the spider in Wild Wild West, that is produced by John Peters, the guy who wanted the giant spider in uh, Super uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just took that idea and slapped it in Wild Wild West, and I love Kevin Smith saying that, you know, he finally saw Wild Wild West, and there was the giant spider at the end. He's like, and then I saw John Peters' name up in the producer. I'm like, that motherfucker finally got a spider, <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt too when I heard that that was. What they were doing. Right. Got his giant spider. Good for him. <laughs> just. Uh, it's just weird. It, 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 it's weird that that stuck with him for so long. It, and it was so important to him to have a giant spider fight. He really wanted to see a giant spider on screen. Because don't forget, spiders are the most fierce predator. Fierce killers in the animal, animal kingdom. Until like 10 minutes later in the same documentary, in the same interview, he says that polar bears are the fiercest predators in the animal kingdom. Well, I mean, who would win in a fight, a spider or a polar bear? You can't call you can't have two fiercest predators in the animal kingdom. <laughs> Only one thing can be the superlative. Would a polar bear-sized spider beat up a polar bear, do you think? You know, maybe. Or would a spider-sized polar bear win in a fight against a spider? You know. <sighs> I really, I think the spider would win if they were the same size. I think the spider would probably win in both cases. (laughs) I guess it depends on what kind of spider. Thanagarian snare beast. Real spider. (laughs) (laughs) Matched only by the brown recluse. (laughs) Um, Fucking huge. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about the quality of this documentary. I, I don't really watch a lot of documentaries, so I can't say what it stands up to per se that way. But I mean... It's a good documentary. I yeah. really liked it. I thought it was super interesting. I, I was surprised at some of the people he is able to talk to and like, like all the information he's gotten. Well, yeah, Tim Burton. I mean, that John Peters guy who they subtly mock kind of throughout the whole thing. I wouldn't call it subtle mocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy who is doing the interview and the director, John Shep, he subtly mocks him almost a little bit to his face. Yeah. Subtle. But Kevin Smith fucking rips on him pretty good. Kevin and Smith Tim Burton is... fucking hated him also. He hated him when they did Batman together. Yeah. <laughs> well, God. And then, like, everybody was just like, it was such a bear to have him. Like, it sucked on days that John Peters showed up because he fucked everything up. Well, didn't he also put, like, some art guy in a headlock? <laughs> oh, apparently he does that all the time. Yeah. Like, it's his thing. Like,. <laughs> He's uh, that guy. He wants to show you how strong he is. And uh, he wants, and he brings his kids to set to show them concept art because they're not going to be yes men and they're going to just tell you what they think is cool, which is why we probably ended up with the Joel Schumacher movies being aimed at selling goddamn toys <laughs> instead of being a decent movie. I mean, I still have my Batman credit card. Never leave the cave without it. <laughs> um... But uh, for quality, I mean, I've certainly seen flashier documentaries. Uh, one that comes to mind is Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Um, mm. It's certainly a flashier documentary. But I think as far as a quality documentary, I mean, this is, this one's really, I mean, it's a good documentary. It kept my interest the whole time, uh, which is important because documentaries can unfortunately get kind of dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it had a decent rounding cast of characters like everybody who he talked to was interesting right i'd say he did talk to definitely the right people to talk mm-hmm. to i mean and who knows who he a talked a writer to. uh three writers he talked to all the writers did he talk to all the writers all three of them i didn't remember the last two 
I just I thought he just talked to Tim Burton and that kind of summed up the other two scripts that were written out. Nope, he talked to all three writers. Okay. <coughs> well, I, mean, I wanted to see to, more Kevin Smith, but <laughs> he talked to the three writers. He talked to the would-be director. He talked to the producer who kind of orchestrated the whole thing. And again, I'm positive it's failure, but. <laughs> It wouldn't have started without him, and it probably wouldn't have ended without him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and uh, another, I mean, we've said this already before, but a testimonial to the quality of it is how it just changes your mind on the whole premise of the movie itself anyway. Absolutely, like... Because it makes it sound so interesting, and you hear, like, all the effort that these people put into it and Mm -hmm. trying to make it come together... That like, something interesting actually came out of it. And a lot of these people were bummed that it didn't end up getting finished. Like, amongst them, like, Tim Burton seemed to be, like, the most broken up that that movie didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Cage was too, but we didn't... We had an audio recording of Nick Cage talking about it, but that was about it. Because um, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't interview him. Or if he did, he didn't... We didn't see any of that footage. Right. Um, Which is funny, because he has top billing. On that movie. He does. On Amazon. <laughs> he is top cast building. <laughs> weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say it's definitely a successful documentary. Oh, absolutely. And also, I mean, I've been telling a shit ton of people about it since I saw it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I wa- Again, I watched it Sunday night. I got a little drunk, and then I watched the rest of it Monday morning. Hmm. Um... But uh, I've again I've seen it Monday. It's Wednesday now. I told like just about everybody at Nick's party on Monday, right? And I've told everybody I work with <laughs> today. Hey, you need to watch this documentary. It's fascinating. <laughs> and it also got me really interested in Kevin Smith's career, also, because then I started watching YouTube clips with him in it. Because he has you know like every podcast on the earth. He's got like fifteen podcasts. He does. But then he has, you know, a bunch of TV appearances. He even has a fucking comedy album. So, I mean, it also, he had such interesting people doing it, I wanted to go off and explore more on what they do and stuff, too. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, Kevin Smith, if you're listening to this, please, you know, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, Clerks is on the queue. We'll wait for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, We'll watch all of them. The only, I've seen two of your movies, Dogma and Yoga Hosers. (laughs) Very weird... uh, Two picks, but I like Dogma though. No, I mean yeah, Dogma, but I've seen Dogma, but not Clerks or Clerks Two or Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back. Well, you've seen Live Free or Die Hard. He didn't direct that. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith directed Live Free or Die Hard. That's why he was in it. I thought he was just in it. No, he directed it <laughs> wow. for a while. I don't know if he got taken from him at one point, but he was directing it for a while. I'm calling shenanigans on that. Mm, he talks about it on stage. What the fuck? How did I know that? How did I not know that? <laughs> okay, so three. Well, he also was definitely writing it because he had to rewrite um, a part for Timothy Oliphant's character as well. That was his first time working with Bruce Willis. Was it his first time? I think so. I would imagine so. <laughs> so, let's see. I'm trying to think what else we can talk about for... Uh, I mean, there's social relevance. Um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, I guess uh, part of me was kind of thinking, like, why would this movie just come out now? I mean, this the Superman movie was supposed to come out in the mid-90s. I mean, 96 was when Kevin Smith had written it. No. So it probably, actually, I guess it probably wouldn't have come out until late 90s or maybe 2000 if it was only just getting pre-production at that point. But, uh um, I mean, with the rise of all these superhero movies now, it's kind of interesting to see how one could totally fail at the end of superhero movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, at that point, Joel Schumacher had done what he did to Batman, so Batman was kind of dying off. Yep. It was before the Sam Raimi Spider-Men took off and kind yeah. of rebirthed superhero movies. Again, X-Men came first. X-Men was before Spider-Man. I guess. Not by, by just a few years, but it was before it. X-Men is really... Uh, the first X-Men, I think, is the reason for a lot of this. And then Spider-Man 2, especially, is why it's really, really kicked off. Because that was probably the best out of those movies. I'd say Sam Raimi's Spider-Man were probably more successful than the yeah. first X-Men movies. 
True. Especially because X3 Last Stand kind of sucked. But so and did that, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, but that came out before Spider-Man 3. But so Spider-Man. at that point, anyway, yeah. everyone was like thinking like, oh, the X-Men movies kind of fell off. and But we still had Spider-Man 2. That was cool. <laughs> and, and Spider-Man 3 showed them all wrong in 2007. A little while later. Yeah. <laughs> One year later. <laughs> Topher Grace shows up and murders Eddie Brock on screen. Not his fault, but... <laughs> no, I know, but still. <laughs> I, I, f- I feel the same way with um, Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Yeah. It's not his fault. It's just bad writing. <laughs> it is. And bad choices. Yeah. No. You, you, sometimes you'll get somebody who can do the best they got, the best they can with what they've got. And let's, coming, bringing it full back around, you know, assuming maybe the script was terrible, you know Nick Cage would have given it his all. <laughs> if anybody. Well, he always gives it his all. <laughs> I don't think he ever, he's ever phoned it in before. <laughs> Nick Cage gives 100% all of the goddamn time. He's 110%. Yeah. Even when you don't want him to. Yeah. Why don't you scale that back 50%, buddy? <laughs> but uh, but what I was saying was <clears throat> this movie would have come out in a time where uh, superhero movies were kind of a joke at that point. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't that big then. And, I mean, it was done around the um, comic book story The Death of Superman, which had just happened in the early 90s. Yep. Which is also uh, ninety three, I believe, is when it happened. Which is also why he has the long hair because ninety Superman has long hair. Yes, but <clears throat> Sorry, so that's important. <laughs> they only killed off Superman in the comic books because comic book comic books weren't even selling very good anymore either. Yeah. So kind of superheroes were all falling off. So this could have been a movie that would have restarted the superhero trend. Yep. So now it's kind of interesting that this documentary is coming out. During this ginormous superhero trend. Oh, yeah. 2015, that would have been when uh, Age of Ultron came out, right? Yeah. Same year? Uh, No. Yes, it was. Yep. No. Yeah, it was. No, it was not. Yes, it was. It was not. Yes, it was. Second semester of my Rock Valley days. I was still in DeKalb then. Was I in DeKalb? Do we want to look this up, John? Because you're going to be wrong. You want to make a slap bet? Well, 2016 was the worst year of my life, and I don't think Age of Ultron came out one year before that. <laughs> Are you saying Age of Ultron? It's Age of Ultron's fault. No, I think Age of Ultron was 2014. No, it wasn't. I'm gonna look it up. I know for sure it was the second year at Rock Valley. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Shit, I already had IMDb up. And let's listen to John uh, cry himself to Alrighty, sleep. moving on. <laughs> and that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would like this documentary? I mean, like like you said, you've been telling everyone at work to watch it. I mean, do you think anyone can watch it and find oh, it yeah. interesting? Or, I, think, I, mean... uh, I think it's an interesting documentary all the way around. Because even if you don't give a shit about superhero movies or Superman or this specific movie, really watching the process for any work of art... Quotes. Um, <laughs> uh you know, it's fascinating. Like, it gives you a behind the scenes of how, like, any movie goes through the process. Mm-hmm. And what could happen to any movie at any point. Like, the reason we saw that this movie failed was because Warner Brothers kept losing money because they were making bad bets. And it said so they decided to hedge their bets on fucking Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah. But, to be fair, there's no guarantee that this movie would not have bombed either. Like, there, you can't guarantee it. Uh, you can't predict it until after it's happened. But... Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a fascinating look at how mo- the movie-making process. Um, but if you like superhero movies, this is an interesting one about a failed superhero movie. If you like Superman, it's an interesting take on you know where Superman can, could have gone at some point. Um, and I just, you know, if you know about this movie, if you've thought about it and like, that sounds fucking ridiculous, <laughs> watch this documentary. And perhaps you'll still feel the same. Right. I did not at the end. I was like, you know what? I'm sad I don't live in the reality where this happened. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's like a great how it's made. If how it's made, just, you know, <laughs> they yeah. fucked up at the end of it. Yeah. They tripped at the finish line is basically what this movie is. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, they and tripped all over the place, but they, they fumbled by having at the John finish Peters line. be the, the, the main producer. Oh. <laughs> that fucking guy. It is funny just hate. Like, he's just such a fucking goofball. He's the weirdest <laughs> guy alive. He's got... Fucking, like, we, you know, people give Tim Burton shit for being like, wow, he's such a weird guy. It's like, this guy, 
Like this guy weirds out Tim Burton. He, he out Tim Burton's Tim Burton. in his castle of a fucking mansion house with and fucking weird Art Deco art around and the gargoyles well, in the background. Gothic, not Art Deco. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there, you know, snick like uh, all cur- curled up in his chair, and he's just talking. Hey, you know, John, he's just uh, he's always kind of in your business. He just uh, he uh, you know makes it very stressful on set. Yeah. So if it, if this guy's weirding out Tim Burton, this guy's yeah. fucking weird. This guy saw the cellophane like S that was in Superman two. That like, that's to- awesome. He's like he's went. That's awesome. Let's turn the cape into Doctor Strange's cape, where <laughs> Bam- or a su- fucking Superman can throw it like a goddamn boomerang. It's like why. <laughs> Why does Superman's cape need to also be a weapon? Everything has to be a weapon. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> he uh, For those who are... This might interest you guys further. The producer for this movie, he also did produce the um, Michael Keaton Batman. Yep. Met Batman. Yep. <clears throat> he started off as being Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. Yes. And then he just worked for so many people... He, his hair salon was on Rodeo, and he just happened to have such a huge clientele of Hollywood elitists that he eventually became a fucking executive producer for Hollywood. And that's why you can't just let anybody make movies. <laughs> Unfortunately, just anybody can buy the rights to Superman, which is what he did, though. Yeah, which was weird. And then Warner Brothers <laughs> like, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, yes, I can, and I did. <laughs> Look it up. And they're like, oh, fuck. We don't own Superman anymore. I mean, they... Did because they funded the money on it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's silly. God, that guy. God damn, he's uh, <laughs> he also did uh, Superman Returns, the movie that uh, they made instead with Brian Singer and Brandon, Brandon Ralph. Ralph. Um, where Brian Singer would use that as uh, the picture of Nick Cage anytime like executives were like, "Oh, you can't do that," he'd be like, "You almost made this," <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Those executives should have been like, "We know." It would have been awesome. So you can't do that. <laughs> well, they were making fun of him for having the... Or not making fun of him. They were complaining that Brandon Ralph had such a uh, comic book Superman suit. Yeah. Because it was, you know, red tidy whities on the outside. It was basically the Christopher Reeves suit. And then he'd pull out that picture and say, you almost made this suit. So why don't we just not worry about it and just make this movie? To be fair... The movie's big issue, Superman Returns, was not the suit. Yeah. It was the fact that there was no action in the movie. And wasn't it just basically a Christopher Reeve Superman movie, but without Christopher Reeve? And yeah, it was Richard a sequel Donner. to the Richard Donner Superman. Okay. It was supposed to be that. I've also seen none of none of those, uh, none of the Christopher Reeve Superman, and hmm. uh, I've not seen Superman Returns. Oh. Superman 1 and Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, are good. Yeah. There's multiple edits of uh, Superman 2. It's kind of like a fucking, what's the Harrison Ford movie? Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. It just has different cuts. <clears throat> I, I I don't know which one is the one I like, but the second one's where he fights Zod and the other two Kryptonians, so it's cool. Yeah. Um. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I was just, the, the only super, the only Superman movies I've seen have been the, the current slew of DC ones. The Henry Cavill. Yeah, the Henry Cavill, who I think is a great choice for, for Superman. Yeah, I love Henry Cavill, actually. I mean, of course, <laughs> unfortunately, he's leaving and Ben Affleck's leaving. And uh, me and Molly were actually talking about it, um, who who should replace them. And my first thought for Superman, for some reason. Nick Cage? No. <laughs> I was like, Robert Downey Jr., because he's got to be double tired. Man. Well, then she's like, that's a dumb idea. He should be Batman. I'm like, okay, I can go Robert Downey Jr. for Batman. Considering, again, there's no way after Endgame and... You know, come April, we'll find out how accurate this podcast was. Uh, I'm thinking he's done after Endgame. Um, and then I'm like, okay, how about Chris Evans for Superman? Because he'll be done with Captain America after Endgame. So we'll just we'll just start recruiting. Swap them out? Yeah, we'll just start taking uh, MCU actors as they're done. And then they'll just, like, DC gets the sloppy seconds. You know? I say let's just make Deadpool Superman. How about that? Like Not he's Ryan just Reynolds. yeah Deadpool. He just has the mask on, but with the Superman suit. Yeah. That's that's been the suggestion I've seen for now that Stan Lee is dead. They should just have Deadpool in like a wig, a mustache, and the aviators <laughs> doing the Stan Lee cameos. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, They'll probably do that when Deadpool finally gets rolled over into the MCU. Yeah. Uh, quick break. Yep. 
And we're back. And we're recording again for uh, Death of Superman Lives. Uh, what the? Um, no, what, what happened? happened? Yes, the de- <laughs> Death of Superman Lives. I went, to, the- I went to Nick's old roommate. <laughs> what the? Um, <laughs> and speaking and, of Nick, we now have a third voice on the podcast. We have uh, Nick Laudacina, different Nick than the aforementioned, but... Uh, <laughs> oh. He- <laughs> well, I'm his old roommate. I wouldn't have said his old roommate. <laughs> Yeah, but you had two other roommates when you were in Chicago. I still wouldn't have said Nick's old roommate. I would have said our roommate. That's fair. (laughs) But. I'm the other Nick. (laughs) That's all you need to know. I'm the other guy. I'm the other guy. (laughs) That's a Spider-Man 3 reference. We're talking about Superman. Yes. Um, So this is pretty much the wrap-up, but we thought it'd be fun to have someone who hadn't seen it. What did you think about it? it. (laughs) I was unforgettable. (laughs) Let's... let's, uh, (laughs) Uh, we will probably throw this in at the end, I imagine. So we'll let's let's kind of hear what. I'm just gonna pitch three words to you, okay? And I would like you to react to them. All right. Superman. Okay. Nick Cage. Awesome. As Superman. I kind of I heard about this. So and Tim Burton. Know. Yeah. That... What 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 are your thoughts just hearing those three topics? It sounds insane. <laughs> it's all out of insanity. Well, I said it on here already that you were the actual first person to tell me about Nick Cage was supposed to be Superman at one yeah, point. Yeah, it was. I saw it on. I remember seeing it like on Facebook or something like that. Was this supposed to happen after the '80s Batman? Yes. Yeah, it, it was like going to be how far after? It was like, written in '96. It was. It was the after first script was written in '96. It was after Joel Schumacher fucked it up. Oh, okay. Batman Returns, not Superman Returns. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Now. Weird question: Was the Superman going to be a part of like a bigger universe? Or? Uh, well, I don't think. Was in gonna... uh, Kevin Smith's script, at the end, after Superman dies, oh, Batman, Batman was going to come on the screen right. in Times Square and yeah. say, Dude. "Your biggest hero's dead, but you're, you're a part of not a bigger all universe." So that they would have tied <laughs> I'd like in to talk Batman to you about the Justice League initiative. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine though? There DC... was an idea. If DC beat them like Marvel by like almost twenty years, and then did it worse, yeah, did it much worse <laughs> once again. Because by that point, it wouldn't be Michael Keaton; it would have been George Clooney's Batman and mm. Nick Cage's Superman. Actually, Kevin Smith did write it as Michael Keaton. Batman what a weird alternate universe <laughs> we could have lived in. I would like to be in that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Where the DC actual movie universe took off excellently, and Marvel just couldn't get their shit together. Weird. That's so weird. Guardians of the Galaxy equals Suicide Squad in oh that reality. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. That's so weird. And then... But Guardians James of the Galaxy Gunn still gets, managed to win James Gunn gets fired from Suicide Squad to remake a Guardians <laughs> 2 movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's oh, terrifying. Man. Okay, never mind. I, the only part of that reality I'm really interested in is the Superman Lives movie. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, like well, I said you were the first. I think you showed me in uh, sophomore year because yeah. you. I think you showed me the picture while we were in uh, that one web design class. I think the costume kind of looked a lot like Henry Cavill's a little bit too, where it was like kind of pointed, right? Like it was kind of like a, the, he had a V neck, but his was lower. Like yeah, you could Nick see it all the hair. Nick, <laughs> well, Nick Cage's like shirt ended at the tops of his shoulders, not like at the base of his neck. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> see all the clavicles. <laughs> yeah, you could see like his full clavicle and he but, didn't have any chest hair either. Oh, he didn't? Okay. But they also, shaved his chest for the test footage. But also... That was only a version of the suit. That too. was only a version of the suit. And again, seeing it in motion, seeing him wear it and move around in it, it looks way better than the single still. Huh. Which I think we've beaten to death at this point in this episode. Yeah, well, and like I also said, I mean, he there was test footage of him in different kinds of suits too. Yeah. At one point, there was a see-through suit with lights glowing in it. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you couldn't see his dick. It was like <laughs> transparent, but it had a solid color underneath it. Eventually, okay, yeah, yeah. like he was wearing like a leotard under it. It's Nick Cage. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's just a and trap then... door in front. With oh, my penis! My penis has been shown. <laughs> Not, Not the bees. bees. <laughs> they just feed bees into a Superman suit. So That's how bee- he flies. <laughs> the bees shoot out his dick. So on bees. a side note, I actually do have a weird Nick Cage story. Oh, please! When stop. I was at DreamWorks, um, he's doing like uh, voiceover oh, yeah, Nick, for the crew. I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, Nick here is the only person here who uh, works in Hollywood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I worked for three days in Hollywood. <laughs> I'll have you know. Okay, so I'm the only one here who's never worked in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he we were at DreamWorks, and I worked the night shift, so I didn't get to see him. But I got to see like who's like all the famous code names are, and like a lot of people have code names. 
like more famous. Are you, like are you, MS- gonna, are you gonna drop all of them right now? For <laughs> no, know? I think they change all the time. Oh, oh. I will drop Nick Cage's because I, <laughs> I don't think it matters. Well, anyway, Emma Stone has one like when she comes in stuff like that, and it's Emma Rock, right? Please, uh, Emma, Rock. Uh, <laughs> Emma Crude, <laughs> uh, Nick Cage, please do not sue us. Yeah, uh, oh, is... Crude's okay. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, the prehistory movie. Yeah, no, I, I know the movie. I was just like Emma Crude. Why Crude? <laughs> Just being retarded. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, he had a very specific terms. Like usually, when celebrities come in, they just you know they just say I'm this guy, and they're like, oh, go right in, sir. We'll take you in, and it's real easy. But Nick Cage is like very particular, right? So he had a limo, and the limo limo driver did not know it was him. So I'm guessing like he had to close his eyes as Nick Cage walked into the limo. He knew he had to go bring him to the drop off point. And his code name was Doctor Blue Jay. <laughs> and the we had we had very specific terms. I had to tell the morning people, I'm like, do not call him Nick Cage. Do not say anything else. It is Nick Cage, but you have to say, is it for like, is this Doctor Blue Jay? Like, you can't look at him. So he, he when, I guess the guy when he came up, he's like, is this Doctor Blue Jay? And the, the limo driver was like, yeah. And he's like, right this way. <laughs> And there was like very specific terms. We had to call us like a, a person, and they had to come get him and bring him into the building. And like, it was like super low key, <laughs> seventy-one degrees. <laughs> yeah. It was super weird. But I just like the name Doctor Blue Jay. Like it had to be Doctor, not like Mister. He had to be a Doctor. I'm getting flashbacks to Miles Finch from the Elf, or not the Jesus. What am I fucking fifty from Elf? From the Elf. You know the Pokemon show? Yeah, on the Facebook. <laughs> from Elf. Can you help me with my internets? <laughs> how, how are you doing with the computer's job? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. That is pretty great. Yeah, That's a funny story. Nick Cage is weird. Was Man. he wearing the Superman suit when he came in? Dude, I wish. <laughs> I wish I was You think he ever takes that thing off? <laughs> Unless he, he has, has to. <laughs> That's why he's so crazy. He's constantly having a fever dream. He's sweating his ass off. (laughs) That whole night we were debating whether he was an amazing actor or a bad actor. The answer is yes. Sometimes he's one, sometimes he's the other. He's always so on, like himself, that sometimes it just works and sometimes it doesn't. Nick Cage does his best work when he's just allowed to be him. And it fits. Like Other times it doesn't, but... I don't think Nick Cage can ever like do an audition to get a movie. People have to write a movie for Nick Cage. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Hey, and we're gonna get the the only the, the only exception I'm gonna say for that." And I can't remember which. Oh, have you seen End of the Spider Verse? Yeah. Okay, so you both seen it. Mm-hmm. Spider Noir. Like, I think that's the one exception where it's like Nick just. Just talk the lines. <laughs> Don't go crazy. Just I think it's probably easier when lines. he does voiceover. Like, I feel yeah, like probably. He, you know, because he doesn't have to do face stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because if you see his face, probably while he's doing it, he probably looks insane. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is way different. <laughs> I want, I want to see that footage now of Nick Cage recording his. There lines. has to be some stuff of him in the booth. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's behind the scenes. Yeah. Gonna buy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> Crudes on Blu-ray. No, not crudes on Blu-ray. I don't want that Nick Cage in the booth. I don't want Dr. Blue Jay in the booth. I can't believe that movie got a sequel. I mean, I thought it was good. I didn't know it did what, like, that. It had a TV show. Did it really? Yes, it did. You know what? Oh, wasn't it, like, a differently animated TV? Yeah. DreamWorks actually, like, every movie they make gets, like, a TV show. Like right Fucking Trolls has a TV show. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and then How to Train Your Dragon got it. I didn't know about that one. Yeah, and oh, it yeah, had yeah, most yeah, of the voice actors, too, except for Jonah Hill. Yeah. Who's Jonah Hill play? I thought you were about to say, who's Jonah Hill? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he's he's one Green of the, Lantern. He's one of the writers. Oh, okay. From the Lego movie. Oh. <laughs> That's his most famous role. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll come help you. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Uh, no, that's that's fine. We don't have to sit together, man. It's okay. <laughs> wow, Superman, we're we're in the same, right next to each other. Yeah. Oh. God, <laughs> how could this get any worse? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Do you think Nick Cage's uh, Superman was Lego? Do you think they would have made deals with Lego to make a Nick Cage? Oh, one hundred percent. Do you think they ever prototyped that? Didn't they have uh, Billy D. Williams play Two Face in the Lego Movie they did. Batman? And he cool. got literally one line, and oh. you, and it's kind of in the background, so you won't don't even hear it. Yeah, 
But you know who got to? But Billy D. Williams finally got to play Two Face. Damn it! Yeah, right. He got what he needed, <laughs> but not Good what he him. deserved. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. He, he he got the well shaft done. when Joel Schumacher showed up. He got Joel Schumacher shaft. <laughs> I think. Do you guys know that Tommy Lee Jones is gay? <laughs> <laughs> that one took me. I immediately understood. <laughs> that was like all I heard for like two years. <laughs> Why right. didn't you tell me that? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> uh, we really uh, taken a step away from this uh, documentary that we were talking about. So, uh, what's our? I mean, I would say yes. It lives up to the hype. <laughs> yeah. From what little hype I had for it, it was pretty damn good. The documentary lives up to the hype, and the idea of yes. uh, Superman Lives definitely lives up to the hype. Yeah, it the lives idea. beyond the hype. Actually. It does. It is. It is. It is beyond hype at this point. <laughs> unfortunately, forever. Yeah, it'll never be hype again. He can't hype this movie into existence. So maybe has <laughs> anybody tried? It'll always be better than what it could have been. Just like, just like Half Life Three. Rip. No, that'll happen. No, it won't. Yeah, it's going to be a mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> don't give Valve suggestions like that. I feel like... I don't know. We didn't talk about it. This is going to go down that's, a dark that's, hole. That's a whole <laughs> other podcast. I was just going to say, when Left 4 Dead 3, Portal 3, Half-Life 3, all in the same year. Oh, all in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Half-Life and Portal are. Are they really? Yeah, they are. Because well, Aperture Science references Black Mesa constantly, and uh, the Borealis is mentioned in Half-Life 2, and that's from Aperture Science. Uh, and in Portal 2, you can actually see the dock the Borealis was from. Maybe Left 4 Dead happened first, and then they just cleansed all the, the people and the zombies, and then they just went into Half-Life 3, and then Portal. No. No, no Half-Life is done. Half-Life is done. Half-Life 2, Episode two, 3... <laughs> It's never gonna happen. Did you not read the the leaked what the story was gonna be? Mm-mm. Oh man, well, they, they so, gender swapped everything, so it's not like you know actually Half Life. It's like here's the idea, and they gender swapped everybody, so it's not technically Half Life. But it's it was by the guy who wrote Half Life. He also um, wrote down that when uh, Superman got to Earth, he woke up and realized he was Nick Cage. Oh. <laughs> That's just part of that universe. I don't know why they did that. But so Half-Life Three is also in that alternate universe. <laughs> the DC, Fuck. yeah, <laughs> shit. The Burton verse. <laughs> the Burton verse. <laughs> but there was never a sequel to Bioshock Two. Damn it! <laughs> just because people like Bioshock Three, so <laughs> yeah, there was no Bioshock Three. It's Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite. Infinite. Actually, yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And that was a good game. <laughs> All right, so we're getting a little off the tracks here right, for, so for Superman. We'll That's just call Superman that quits. What then. happened? Um, but again, definitely, I think you should watch it if you have not seen it. It is well worth it. You can find the whole thing on Vimeo or apparently on YouTube with Spanish subtitles, um, <laughs> which is also helpful if you only speak Spanish because then you can enjoy it as well. Um, or you could also just buy, rent it on Amazon, give them some shekels. Oh. Yeah, because man, let me tell you, who needs more money is Amazon. <laughs> Uh, well, I but meant, actually, I did speaking not of Amazon, I meant fucking the guy. It, well, speaking I, of though, John Audible, State. <laughs> Audible, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Oh yeah, I will. I will peddle your product and Emodium. Please sponsor <laughs> us right, also. It's too late. You already trashed Amazon. It's too late now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Amazon. I'm a faithful Prime subscriber. You already blacklisted. <laughs> oh, I, can't I get pay a hundred dollars a year. <laughs> what for? What? I subscribe. I subscribe to Audible. I do use the product. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about it for free right now, but please pay me to continue to talk about it. <laughs> no, they don't have right. to. We also we also accept hush money. Fuck it. No Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Five Dollar Shave Club, whatever it's called. We'll do Harry's. <laughs> oh, yeah, MeUndies. Uh, we've done this before. What's we did. Satva was... mattresses. There's Helix Sleep. There's uh, Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Um, there's uh, Loot Crate. 5-4 Club. Loot Crate kind of fell off. Loot Crate, yeah. What happened to Loot Crate? <laughs> Loot crate got too many crates now. I, I know what I want. Don't just give me a box of random shit. <laughs> Loot crate, if you're listening, please. Uh, we'd love to have you on and find out what I mean, happened. Yeah, give me random shit. That's 
<laughs> All right, so let's just do some uh, uh, plugs. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at LTTS Podcast. Um, that's for the podcast itself, late to the show. If you want to follow me, I'm Jake Lavoy at Jocko underscore Linguini. If you can't spell that, get wrecked, scum. Scrub is what I meant scum? to say. Yeah, scum? Yeah, I was going to say. Scum. What up, scum? <laughs> um, if you're interested in following the podcast on uh, Instagram, we are late to the podcast, all one word. Uh, two as in T-O, late to the podcast. Not T-W-O. Not T-W-O, as was previously discussed. Um, and if you're interested in following me on Twitter, I am at Rosendoom2 on Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to give you guys my Instagram because I don't really use it. So I use it a little bit, but not that much. Uh, Nick, do you want to plug anything? or Nope. All righty. <laughs> in fact, if you were subscribed to any of my stuff, just unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Follow Nick at Friction Makes Fire on YouTube. Uh, he's very responsive there. He posts videos <laughs> yes. every week. Every week. <laughs> Uh, all right, thanks, guys. Hey, uh, Jake, weren't you on some of those videos? I don't remember. What, uh, there was I, that update about when you were harassing uh, Ryan Reynolds to let you be on Deadpool too. Yeah, well, that didn't work out. He casted some <laughs> other fat kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh boy, this. <laughs> all right, well, uh, <laughs> I don't like how much you guys laughed at that, <laughs> but. <laughs> We'll be back next episode where we actually finally talk about Mortal Kombat. I might have to watch it again before then, which isn't the punishment. I fucking love Mortal Kombat. (laughs) All right, see you guys later. Don't be late.